handle the truth. Hi, and welcome to episode two of the Truth Podcast, sponsored by Gatorade Santiago and Lee Liga Works, which can be seen on 730 The Game, ESPN CLT Pod Center, YouTube, and anywhere else where you get your podcasts. Episode two brings in one of the greatest dads in world history. His three sons are in the NBA, two being drafted in the top three of their respective drafts, the CEO of Big Baller Brand, former NFL player, the ultimate hype man, JB, and a guy who didn't even need that introduction, LeVar Ball. I'm Mikey Domagala, and alongside my co-host, Jermaine Barnes, we're ready to bring you another great episode of The Truth Podcast. Before we begin, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of myself, Jermaine's, and our guest. Of course, now, my NBA view is always going to be better than Jermaine's, but that's a different story. Our words do not reflect the views and opinions of 730 The Game, ESPN, CLT, Pod Center. That being said, JB, the Ball family is the talk of the NBA right now. Of course, there's Lonzo with the Pelicans. LaMelo just drafted third overall to Charlotte. LiAngelo signs with the Pistons. JB, how do you feel about all three ball bros in the NBA? I feel like a genie. I feel like a genie. I called this. Me and you were on live just a month ago, and I called this. Like, my dream become true when all of them become free agents. Not all of them, but the other two, and Jordan picks them up. Um, I think it's excellent what's going on with this family. I think it's excellent what's going on with LeVar. I don't know if Jello's going to stick, but him getting the opportunity, 100% his father. You know, so, um, yeah, man, shout out to this guy. And, JB, to continue, before we bring in the man himself, what do you think of LeVar as a dad and everything that he spoke into existence about his sons? Because he caught a lot of, you know, a lot of crap, so to speak, about that over the years. Well, in America, man, we, we live to build people up and tear them down unfortunately. And um, they took advantage of tearing him down because he was hot for a little while. And, you know, he kind of put his foot in his mouth when it came to the first. But I've always respected him as a father, you know, because it was his kids first. They always said he was crazy. But how is he crazy for supporting his own? I mean, there is no way you can have three successful young men unless you have that strong head of the household. So I commend him and I commend his wife for what they've done, what they accomplished, and they got three successful, great young men. Even the transition of the youngest, you can see the maturity. That has everything to do with fatherhood, and that's coming from a father. None other than the great LeVar Ball. LeVar, welcome to episode two of the Truth Podcast. Hey, 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 thanks for having me, fellas. Thanks for having me. No problem. Welcome to the show. To start it off, LeVar, we're lucky to have you right now at this moment. Last month, LaMelo was drafted number three overall to the Hornets. Last week, LiAngelo signed with the Pistons, making that all three of your sons now NBA players, which was something you predicted 20 years ago. Tell us about that. Tell us about that prediction and how happy you are for LaMelo and LiAngelo joining Lonzo. Hey, here's the thing. On the outside, everybody likes to look at this differently. Like, oh, LaMelo going to be so happy. Oh, my God. No, I've been happy since they was born. I already knew what was going down. It was all going to the league. I mean, I'm telling them this since they've been babies. Somebody got to be better than Jordan. And I'm also telling them you're born to go pro. 
So all them making it to the NBA was not like, oh man, I hope one of us make it. No, I already know. To give, I'm giving you the genes and I'm giving you the game to go with it. So with hard work and dedication and your work ethic that I'm going to give you from day one, you're going to be very good and you're going to make it to that. So like I said, just to sit back and, and not even reflect on people thinking like, I need to sit back and go, God, that's awesome. On the outside, y'all thinking it's awesome, but I know this was, I was expecting this. Yeah. For me picking my wife and me working with my boys, I expect the best. No, I, I definitely want to jump in there and say something about this. Uh, a lot of things about our people, as far as being black, like I tell them all the time, is passing down greatness. You know, um, other cultures are taught to be great, but our culture was pretty much polluted. You know, we can be open about it. So when I try to instill in my kids, I say the exact same thing that you've been doing. I'm like, you put that stuff in your children from the beginning that they're great, that they're special, and they're going to do what you said from the beginning. Everything is taught behavior, even hate, even racism, whatever it is, is taught from the very beginning. So like me and Mikey always said weeks before, like I always commended you on how you always spoke life into your kids. Right, right. See, that's the right idea right there. Like I said, like you said, with anything, man, it starts from the beginning when they're young. And what yeah. you put into them when they're young, guess what? If you if you tell a kid and they don't see much around them, and like I said, most of the time, the talent is going to come from the ghetto. So what we taught, we're not taught to sing together. We start to, we taught to be that one. That's how we get out. Yeah. And that's how people say, yeah. oh, if I make you be a professional, hey, you're going to get us out of this situation that we're in. And that's one of the things I alleviated from my sons. I never said, hurry and go pro so you can take care of the family. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure on a youngster. But for me to always be like, you know what, you're born to go pro. They're not playing for the money. They wasn't playing to say, oh, let's get your mom and dad out of poverty, which is most of the talented kids. You're not going to go to Chino Hills, Thousand Oaks, Beverly Hills to get no killers. What happened with my boys is, hey, I'm the father with a South Central mentality living in Chino Hills. So it allows you to have that meanness and that gripe to you without being in that situation. That's the perfect combination. And LeVar, I feel like over the past few days, and even since LaMelo got drafted, then with the news of LiAngelo, people are starting to give you your respect. You know, you, you talked about all this years ago, and people are like, nah, I'm, I'm not really with it. I don't know if the other two are going to be pros. But here you are, and you said, I told you so to those people right. when it happens. How do you feel about people once bad-mouthing well, you and now being on your side? Well, here's the thing. I don't feel no, no different. You know, the people that were saying that stuff on him, they didn't want that to happen, but they can't stop me from doing what I do. So I'm not going to have a different feeling about it. Like, ah, I told you guys, I'm the man. I already knew I was the man. That's why I wouldn't be where I'm at. Mm -hmm. so I don't need nobody to, you know, like just, the people were telling me, like, LeVar, these guys owe you your respect now and you owe your flowers and all this. No, don't give me nothing. I don't want nothing from y'all. Because if you want to give me that stuff, you wasn't with me in the first place. Yeah, keep the same energy. Well, you know, so, so my boys get successful, be like, well, I really love that guy now. No, finish hating me like you was, and that's fine. And the people that did like me are still rolling with me, so I'm good. I don't need nothing. I'm good. I don't need no yeah. justification or no. Oh, I got to give you your props, though. I said some bad things. Hey, I remember the folks that said some bad things and some dumb things. And don't think I'm going to be like, okay, you guys said sorry. Now I'm cool with you. Uh, kiss my ass. <laughs> yeah, keep the same energy. I say yeah. the same thing. Keep the that. same energy. Well, let me ask you this, because I want to transition. And then I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it openly. A lot of 
males, fathers in the Af African-American community never get the credit as far as a family structure. It's always mama households. And I'm going to say it openly. You see Draymond Green, his mama on TV. You see KD, they mama on TV. It's always, oh, the black mama. But they'll never show the, the strong fathers, the strong backbone. They don't show what you and Tina went through. I remember vaguely when you were, when, um, when Zoe was in the NCAA tournament and mom got sick. The thing you said is the same thing I would have said to my child. Hey, that's my woman. Right, you go right, out there, right. take care of your business. That's my girl. I got this. We right, got this. Right. You go take care of business. I lost my father. My father was just like you. And I tell people I never cried. I never griped about continuing to carry the family because he would have told me, boy, if you don't do what I would have did. Exactly. You know, so, yeah. See, but they don't, they don't catch that. Oh, they, don't, they don't have that type of feeling. And it's a lot of black men that's like that. But we're not in yeah. front of that camera, or they're not in front of the camera for people to narrate. Because when you're in front of the camera, you get a narration of what the people behind the camera want to give you. Yeah, yeah, no Usually doubt about it. You have your own thing. A lot of times they, they, can't, they can't paint that narrative, so it's hard. And, and like I said, that's when ownership comes into effect. You create yeah. your own narrative. Yeah, I've been, I've been that way since I was younger, man, so I completely get your mindset. You know, uh -huh. but I want to I transition because I really want to ask you a question. People really think you're super hands-on with the teams. And I always tell people, I'm like, the guy's super smart. Don't get television confused with his real business. So everybody's like, well, I wonder, is he talking to Jordan? You allow your boys to have the opportunity to be men, and then people don't see that. Right. So I really, want, I really want to touch on that. I want to ask you, have you ever had communication with Mike? And how does uh, the youngest feel just about being a part of that Jordan family now because that comes with super pressure. You know, Mike never drafted well. You know, Kwame Brown, because I'm from Georgia. Kwame was a bust. Adam Morrison was a bust. All Mike's lottery picks never panned out. So that pressure of walking into that, I want to hear how you feel about, number one, Mike, and number two, your son being there with Mike. Well, here's the thing. My son ain't got no pressure because I told him what pressure is. Pressure ain't got nothing to do with playing no goddamn sports, making or missing a shot. That ain't got nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. Pressure's a little different that I put in my boy's head from day one, which is run your ass home and the lights is out and people tell you you, you can't stay here no more. That's mm -hmm. pressure. And they say, well, where am I going to go? I don't know, but you ain't going to go here. That's pressure. They never had to go to that. So that's what I'm making them understand that sports is not no pressure. So they just want to go and play. But if I've been telling you, you've got to be better than the greatest of all time, which is Mike. And all of a sudden you get to play for this guy. So guess what? You got questions to ask him that you know how he dealt with him and you want to just live up to that expectation. A lot of guys don't have an expectation. I'll give you a story, man. Uh, one of the coaches uh, in high school that the boys had, and he had this story about a guy who, who made a Duke team or whatever, and he was a great defensive slider and all this stuff. You know what my boys asking? Did he ever make it to the – he said, no, my boys just turned off everything. <laughs> it's like, dude, I don't want to hear nobody working hard and being no dude. I'm not that type of player. I'm talking about superstars. Mike yeah. understands that, and this is the best for Melo. Coming in, the most popular guy, man, with the expectation of being the coldest one out there. So the expectation, yeah. he's going to be like, it's going to be a little higher than some of these other people that just like, well, Melo's a rookie, he'll learn. Mike, like, I was a rookie, I learned. I hurt my foot and came back and showed him I could make the playoffs whatever. So those are the stories that you want to have to say, yo, this stuff can be done. Mike ain't going to be like, oh, Melo, you're learning it's okay. Mike, I mean, get your ass out there and, and tell you and do what you do. 
That's why I got you for. You know, right. so I'm not going on how he drafted and who he felt, who he believed in, man. Welcome to the ball era. Yeah. I tell you what, greatness recognized greatness. And him him having MJ in his ear, giving him that support and everything, is just gonna make his his future so much better, of course. Um it's, it's Oh, yeah. LeVar, can yeah. you predict LaMelo's stats for his first season? And also, will he be the rookie of the year? He'll be a rookie of the year. Like I said, the only way he's not going to be rookie of the year is only one other person I know can beat him for sure. If Detroit let Melo, I mean, uh, Jello play, he's going to average 27 <laughs> points. They let him play. I ain't talking about no, no two minutes here, five minutes here, end of the game, three minutes here. I, I'm talking about letting him play play. Where he put that ball up, he missed the first three, he might make the next seven. So I'm yeah. telling you, he always been a scorer. He got a big body. He durable. He got both legs working. He was killing folks on one leg. So that's why I'm like, okay, let that sucker play. And I'll tell you what, he's not going to let his little brother beat him for rookie of the year. But you got to let Jello play. Now, he can't get rookie of the year if he gets two minutes of Melo over here running the team. But I'm not going to have no, no stats on Melo. I never had stats on Melo on the fact that I told him, no stats don't mean a goddamn thing. You got to win. So we got to show Mike, I'm a goddamn winner. So the best thing we got going on is like, dude, y'all ain't made the playoffs. Melo's goal is to make them goddamn playoffs. Forget about them. Don't average 50 and you're losing every game. I, I, I'll give you a scenario. I got my boys in the JBA, my league. Okay, Melo did good the first two games. And then he lost two in a row. But the ones he lost, 40 points, 40 points, 10 assists, you know, big time stats. But you lose two in a row. So guess what I do? Go get Jello. I bring Jello to Lee. He averaged 50. He put them points on the board. He scored. Now we win and ain't lost another game. That's what I'm talking about. Who cares if you're scoring all these points and got all these stats and you losing? It sucks. I'd rather have I'd rather do like Zoe. Have 10 points, six boards, rebound, and, and just worry about winning. That's what my boys want to do. At the end of the day, when they do their job, the stats are gonna be there. Who cares? I want to. Um, I, I do want to transition, but I want to stay there for a second because me and Mikey have this conversation all the time. For three years, I was the crazy one because Jello Jello was my favorite. Uh-huh. I said I said Jello's more like Levar as far as the build, the strength, and the power, right. and the dog. I said I played pro twelve years, so I'm like I know a score and a ball player. The other ones are flashy; they got skill set and all that. I said the middle one. Is a bucket go-getter. I know a pro. I say every time he go overseas or whatever, he's the one getting buckets. Let me so tell I was you, because you're smart on that. And I'm going to tell you, you're very smart. Every time they played in high school together, everybody was like, oh, Melo, keep your eyes on Melo and keep your eyes on uh, Zoe. Yeah. If you take Jello out of the equation, there's no more inside presence. There's no more three points. And there's no more scoring like that. There's no more you can't get all these assists. Take him out that equation. Jello yeah. can play with either one of the boys. Now, Melo and, 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 and Zoe would probably butt heads for a minute. Yeah. They do two alphas, but Jello is the only one who can say, you put me on either one of y'all team, we're going to win. But I make both of y'all. That's my, my strong son in the middle that helps both of them together. Yeah, so that's just right. how it is, man. But you you see, without Jello, yeah, they ain't gonna be, they're not going to be the players they are. Well, let me ask you this, because I hate speaking on young people when we talking who. I was the only guy happy that uh, your son didn't go number one. I was happy Edwards went number one. Hey, because you it was like, the only one happy? 
Shoot, <laughs> hell, nobody in my side of the family was happy. Sitting in the hell with number one. There's a lot of number ones who were some suckers, and a lot of number 10s and 13 that was great. So that number don't mean nothing. I did not want to go to Minnesota. No. First of all, he didn't want to live in that cold like that. Second of all, I know Golden State was not going to let Melo be. They don't want him like that. I got Stan, yeah. I got Draymond, I got my team already. So now when he yeah. shoot that long shot, oh, we don't do that over here. You got to yeah. learn from these guys right here. Wait a minute, why my son got to learn if he already know all this stuff? You I was happy. To, I definitely want him. He went right where he's supposed to be, man. Where it might go. Right, yeah. I, mean, I told him. Just for the, for the people on the outside to have a hell of a story, he went number one. He, you know what the folks told me the other day? I told you he wasn't going number one, LeVar. I said, you a fool. He did go number one to the greatest. <laughs> the greatest. That was the first pick for Charlotte. So that's my number one. What number one was you talking about? I told, I told Mikey all the time, the whole time, I said I want him to go to Mike because Mike is the only guy in the NBA that can bring LeVar's plan together to have all three out the free agency. Yep. It's gonna yep. it's gonna happen. I yep. tell, that's Mikey. I predicted this. All three are gonna be in Charlotte. For weeks yeah. he's been saying this. All three of yeah. go to Charlotte, I guarantee you. Mike can be the first black owner to be a champion. Guaranteed. He's gonna have the most sales. He's gonna yes. have the most views. Yes. He's gonna have the most it's it's hey, perfect. here's the thing. They have talent. Them dudes can switch at the one, two, three, and they mindset is you don't have one guy trying to make everybody win. You got yeah. three strong mindsets. Them other two is rebounders and block shot guys and run. They're going to they run loose, I'm telling you. And their chemistry is just too good together. Yeah. I like I like Edwards' physical prowess, but I don't think he's a ball player. You ain't going to come into the draft telling me you like football and you like this and you want to rap. I'm not signing you, man. Like, I want somebody that loved the game. Your son loved the game. Man. Yes. His maturity, man, his maturity from when he was in high school to where he is now, yes. that's fatherhood. I tell them all the time, I don't want no kid talking about Dame, listen to me freestyle. Dame, like, you better go get in the gym and work on your shot. What you talking about? Right. Freestyling. Man, I can't. Uh, this, uh, listen, man. Don't get me started. Go ahead, Mike. Get me started. <laughs> Jay, I like your style, man. You keep it real, dog, but you understand it, dog. And it's, yeah. it's very, you know, nice to hear somebody talk like that that really understands it, man. Remember, LeVar, this is called the truth for a reason. We hey, I see that now. Oh, I yeah. All, sure. all day long. We got no, no like, narratives. Man, no narratives. We don't follow anything. So that's wow, why we, okay. we're just talking the truth. I like so, that. I like that. Now, we got Lonzo and Zion and the Pelicans on Christmas Day. Do you feel yeah. like LaMelo, Gordon Hayward, and MJ behind them, do you think they should have got a Christmas Day game with all that hype? Oh, they, they definitely should have got a Christmas game, but that stuff is scheduled way ahead of time. And it was just fast to be like, you know what, let's just throw them in there. They didn't know they was going to get mellow like that. Otherwise, you, you definitely would have had both boys. And they shit, I tell you what, Jello makes a team that had Detroit on there. He's an underdog. People love to root for the underdog. He's like, oh, Jello did a different uh, route. Of, of course, he would have been a lot of. Here's the thing Detroit get Jello, they're getting a lottery pick for free, for damn near nothing. Who bring people, put them in the seats, and that boy got talent. He did something different that altered his thing, so he can't be the same way. It can't be the same way if you do something different on that route, which he did. Like I said, he did something. He took some glasses or whatever, man. But here's the thing. He did something bad on his part, 
but it was good for the family, for the big baller brand to step back and then spring forward. Because now I don't go overseas. I don't make these contacts. I don't bring out the JBA. I don't do all the stuff that I'm doing now. All that happened because of Jello. So it was bad for him, but good for us. So that's what I'm saying is it's a perfect it's a perfect thing for him. And everybody's like, well, he's not a first shoot. He led the every team he played on, he led in scoring. So don't act like he no no can't play. You spoke on the situation that happened in, in China, LeVar. Yeah. And, and uh, again, I want to say it again. I always read things because I have a strong father. They talking about Trump did this, they talking about this, he in trouble that, and I saw your face. It's like I held my boy one-on-one, but what I'm not going to do is throw him to the Sharks on TV for y'all. I got him. Right. I got him as soon as we get back here. I handle that, and I commend but, that. But, like, but here's, here's, here's the thing where people want me to – what do you want me to do if everybody is down on him? See, all yeah. you did that was the first mistake he made. Okay, act like nobody don't make no mistakes. That was the only thing he did bad. But here's the thing. I'm not going to be like, damn, Joe, you know how I raised you. You did this. Uh, I'm not going to do that. That's enough of that. Okay, I hope the next person learns from that, that you can go from the hero to the zero real quick with one false move. My boy going to be all right. That was his first thing. Ain't nobody going to nail him to the cross on that little thing right there. But don't act like I'm not, like, condoning, like, oh, man, he's supposed to to do this. You're supposed to be mean to him and do all that. I'm not going to do all that. He understands he did the wrong thing, but it's okay. I've never taught him to, like, oh, go do this, go do that. It was a spur of the moment. I'm going to tell you one thing that you'll never be able to do. You never know what's going on in somebody's head. When something bad or something good, he's bad. I didn't think he never did that. Of course, you can tell me the weather, if it's going to be a tornado. But, you know, people can snap or do some stupid stuff. All of a sudden, you're just like, what possessed you to do that? And yeah. you never know, you know. So that, I, I leave it at that. And people like to take it on a different thing. Like, oh, Lamar don't care that his son stole. He didn't chastise him. He did this. And I, no, I'm good. I'm not going to jump on my son. He already got enough people on his head saying you did something wrong. And like I yeah. said, the boy ain't never been tardy, ain't never been late to class, ain't never gave me no trouble. That's the only bad thing he did. And everybody supposed to say, oh, you never supposed to play basketball again? Come on. Yeah, no, man. I, I, I like him, man. He's poised, yeah. too. I like his poise. But let me, let me ask you this, because we'll stay on that too long. Right. C- comparison with the youngest. I spoke and I said he reminds me of a mixture between – you gonna know what I mean by this. Chris Jackson and Jason Kidd. Not my move, Chris Jackson, the LSU and yes. uh, and uh Jason Kidd. I, that's how I feel. He's a blend of that. What do you see him as in the NBA if you had to compare him to somebody? If I compare Melo to anybody, it's gonna be the uh Penny Hardaway. I like that. Long Lincoln frame, athletic, and pass that ball and do what he wants. That's about the, like the that. only one. Jason Kidd's a little too short, not as athletic. And uh and I, I don't, I don't think Chris Jackson. He's more of a, a shooter, shooter, ball handler type guy. Now I don't think he's gonna really assist like that. Chris was a dog, and you know hey. it, boy. <laughs> hey, like I said, you got your dogs, and you got your go gorillas. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Mike. I ain't messing with this dude. <laughs> and how, how about Leangelo in Detroit? How do you feel about him being around Derrick Rose, the young kid, Killian Hayes? And some of those guys out there. I feel, man. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I feel good. I hope they do the right thing. Like I said, give that boy a shot. Let him do what he do. And, but as far as being around, he don't care who he's around. That boy just want to play and show people, like, hey, this is what I do. And like, like I told him, I, I give you a, a little thing too. And the guy says to me, he says, Levar, uh, Jello's on the team, but 
He doesn't, he has a non-guaranteed contract. I said, no, he has a guaranteed contract. And they said, what do you mean guaranteed? I said, he guaranteed to get on that court. That's all we want. I ain't worried about the money. He guaranteed to get his ass on that court. And that's what he got to do. You know, in practice, you got to start at the bottom and start tapping and tearing these dudes up and do what you do. But somebody on, the, on that staff got to believe in him. And it's already a start on the fact that, you know, everybody likes to say, oh, he hasn't played in two years. He hasn't did it. I ain't, I ain't got to play dominoes in 15 years and I'll still wear your ass out. If I know how to do something, I know how to do it. It ain't about no breaks. They was like, oh, the COVID really hurt Jello. No, actually, the COVID did good. Gave him to get his ankle 100%. So now he's ready to go. So you got to look at the bad things, but you also got to look at the good in it. And it gave him a chance to, you know, work on his stuff. He know how to play the game. It's not that hard. Come on, Mike. Mike, give me something, baby. And also, LeVar, ESPN just ranked Lonzo 54th best player in the NBA over guys like Levine, Tyler Hero, D'Angelo Russell, Wall, and DeRozan. What are your thoughts on that list? My thoughts is it was kind of low. I thought it should have been in the top five. <laughs> sure, I don't know what you're talking about. All the way down to 50-something, I ain't doing nothing. But, hey, like I said, the rankings is good for the people on the outside, man. Y'all asking me rank number two and can't win a game. Or you can be ranked number 50th and, and, and being a key piece in that team. The rankings is just for the people on the outside so they can have some comment. And do people really care about if you rank number 50 and you number 30? That's why they never have a race. And say, you know what, for the 37th place, man, come on. We're going to leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Let me let me ask you this because I'll be the one to step up and say it because you know everybody always rides the emotional roller coaster. I don't like Zion Williams because he's fat. He won't right. commit. He won't commit to his fitness, and he helped the team win, and then they have to lose him, then get him back, then lose him again. How can you, as a point guard, carry your team when your most electrifying player won't stay on the court because he like to eat? I mean. What's your take on that with your son being I, such a, a creative? Hey, okay, listen this. That Zion always been a good eater and a happy dude and playing the way he played. That's the negativity he going to get. He a big country boy. Leave him alone. That boy can move, but you want to say, oh, he's too fat. He can't do this. The boy loves basketball and got a big body. He can't help it. His ass is that big and he can move like that. That's just him. So it ain't no negative, you know, thing on him, but people like to create that narrative. Oh, he's out of shape. He needs to lose. He's jumping out the gym at 200, 290. Who cares? Let him go ahead and play and do his thing. And like I said, y'all talk about, talk about Lonzo being bad in the bubble. Yeah, when you're hearing instructions coming from the top to tell you, Lonzo was doing good. Why? Because Zion was playing a lot of the game, playing – Zion didn't even feel like playing the bubble the way he was playing him, 20 minutes. What are you saving him for? Why even make it to the bubble if you're not going to let that boy go 100 miles an hour? And that's one that. of those best pieces? And you say, oh, let's just play that good. Well, you ain't going to do that good if I take the best things away from you. Come on. I, I agree. But I will, I will say this, though. Now, me and you both understand this. When Charles went to Philly, Moses told him, boy, you can be special, but you got you to gotta drop a little bit of that fat. I, right. I think Zion too big, man, and he, he lands too hard. He's he, he not too big. Here's the thing. You could be big and play like that. Here it is. You just got to let him play. He's going to play himself right where he's supposed to be. He run 100 miles an hour, so let him play, but you can't let him go in and out. He love to win. You got to let him win, though, but if you don't give him a chance, I'm going oh, got to take a few minutes off. We don't want to mess up our, our prize product. It's just like this. I'll I, I, I give you a thing like this. People used to say, oh, shoot. You get three fouls in the first half, and, and they take you out. Oh, foul trouble, foul trouble. 
Shoot, now you spend all this time on the bench. You're out of the rhythm. You, uh, uh. I always told him this. You get six fouls. Let him get six. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, was, you got three fouls at the half and end up with four fouls. What the, and, and you lose. Man, I'm going to ride you to the end. If you're going to foul out, that's on you. Be smart enough to do what you're supposed to do. That's why I be tripping when folks have four or five fouls. They be like, oh, we got to get him out of there. For what? Now he get in there for one minute. He fouled out anyway. Might as well ride him as much minutes as you can. But they don't think like that. But it's okay. What improvements will we see from Lonzo this upcoming season alongside Zion? I could see them both taking the next step to be even greater. We saw Lonzo LeVar really up his three-point game. He averaged 12, 7, and 6, 38% from three. I mean, that's a, that's a great mark. What else can we see from that's him? That's a great mark for, for people who can't play. But anyways, man, check this out. There's definitely going to be – he's going to do way better this time on the fact that the, the – at the top, who's ever going to be. Stan, now he won't play Zoe and Zion. He won't run them to death. So guess what? They're going to do better. Now, yeah. you take, now, uh, where the ball going to be at? Lonzo's hand. Okay. How'd you do that? You moved Drew out the way. So now I got to be in Lonzo's hand. So you telling me he can't do better now? And now he healthy the whole time and with the, the way he played so-called in the bubble? You don't think my son's going to be like, well, okay. Y'all keep tripping. Yeah. Everybody talking about the, getting the bag and all that. Lonzo ain't worried about no goddamn bag. He just want to play the game the way he plays it, the amount of time he plays. These other coaches giving him 20 and barely 30 minutes, and the game is 48 minutes, and you take him out at crucial times. And Nah, Stan, like, oh, I'm going to see what Stan do. Like, hey, unleash that boy, let him go. Let yeah. the team run, and let's do what we're going to do. Now you got Brandon, and you got, you got some of those other pieces out the way that's going to allow them. I think with, with, with Gentry, it was a little more difficult on the fact that before Alonzo got there, he liked Frank Jackson. He liked Drew Holiday. He liked Mc... So it's a lot of people in front that you got to give some, some minutes to to show that you still believe in them. Yeah. Yeah, where Stan yeah, yeah. is going to be like, yo, you that guy. Show him what you're going to do, Zoe. Let's go. <laughs> now, Zion, don't think you're coming out on no restriction. They, told, they said before the evening's preseason start, you ain't on no restrictions over with me, boy. I'm going to run you in the ground. And watch how that thing goes. So I, so I, so I, I expect a lot of different success. I expect them to make the playoffs. All right, Lavar. So everybody, you know, before we even got the show, I always say I'm the LeBron hater. But I live in the real world, and we grew up in every generation, and we saw the real, and I see the now. And you know, I, I respect LeBron for what he does, but I also see all the flaws. I never wanted Zoe to go to LA. I felt like somebody as gifted and creative as he is with the ball, LeBron wants the ball every single second, and he wants to dictate everything that happens. I feel like he kind of had a ceiling on zone, and I respect one thing I heard you say a soundbite. I told my son, never take a backseat to nobody. And I felt like that was a direct shot, like, yo, I don't care who you think you are, my boy can do the same thing you can do. Just let him play but I felt like it was a ceiling. So I never wanted them to go to LA. I want you to touch on that. If you don't want to, that's fine, but that's how I felt about it. No, no, like, I'll, I'll touch on that, man, and keep it even more positive for you, man. Uh, Lonzo, that's his favorite prayer was LeBron. So he was never gonna have really no ceiling on him. There's only one way you could put a ceiling on him. You gotta, Luke was a raggedy coach. The last time Lonzo and him played together, them suckers had a triple-double together. Who does that? 
But if you plan them at different times and you got a different mindset, if Lonzo and him would have played the whole time together, shoot, they would have had fun because they both get rid of the ball. They both do the same things. And he's not going to hold the ball. He's going to catch lobs. He's going to throw lobs to Lonzo. They would have had a good chemistry. But he never allowed that chemistry with that going in and out and already saying LeBron's that guy. LeBron know how to play the game the right way. Lonzo right. know how to play the right way. That's your favorite player. Ain't going to be no animosity and be like, oh, I'm just going to sit right here. No. Nah. But when Luke is doing the coaching, look, how you get rid of the coach? Bring in, who is, uh, what's that boy name? Fogel. Yeah. The, the new coach. Yeah, he's awful. Hey, this is his first year coming in there, right? Yeah, he's awful. Man, let me tell you, me and you could have came in there and coached that team when you got AD and him. Hey, let them go. Do what they do. They're going to win the yeah. championship. That was the only thing. LeBron yeah. wasn't playing like, like, oh, he's old. We're going to rest him this game and this and that. Man, you, you and AD, anybody can coach that game. Come on. Yeah, Change the coach and now you're the championship. Was it that drastic? No. <laughs> like I said, it's in the coaching. These coaches sometimes got to back the hell up and let these players go ahead and do what they do. It ain't that serious where you got these X's and O's. You can have the best X's and O's and the best game plan. If you ain't got no players, guess what? That don't work. Yeah, it don't work. So, hey, people get mad sometimes, man, but it's all right. I know a raggedy coach when I see one. Don't get <laughs> mad at me because my talent is good at knowing if you can coach or not. And in the 2020-21 season, all the boys are on their teams. Tell me what the Pelicans are going to do, the Hornets, the Pistons. Where are they going to be? Are they going to be in the playoffs? I, I, the, the Pelicans is going to be in the playoffs. The uh, Charlotte is going to be in the playoffs. They're in the East. You can, you can squeak in the East. Hey, all you got to do is win 35 games. That's the destination. You get you up in the playoffs. You can only play 72 games. And Detroit got a chance if they, they let them dudes loose and run. They got a strong team. They got a strong team. What I mean by that, they got some pieces over there. The, the, the Stewart guy, you, he can rebound. You got um, Plumley, he's a rebounder. You got you got a nice, you know, D Rose, the veteran, strong at the point guard spot still. And like I said, with Jello, boy's a shooter, man. He put them points on the board. If they allow him to do what he does, like he plays for me, and they have their confidence in him, it'll be a very good team, and they can squeeze into the playoffs. Yeah. But it's all on the move that they make with Jello. I know people like to say, well, why does LeVar keep – I've seen the other players. I've seen their team. I know what they can do. I see it. But I know you need that – you always need that designated shooter, man. You've got to have that dude who can put that ball in the hole. And Jello's just not a shooter. He's a scorer. He's yeah, throwing he that ball early. And that's why I told him, if he get with any of his brothers, which is going to happen, don't act like this. Like 20, he, 20, he just turned 22. Ain't like he's 26 and trying to make it to me. They don't get how young my boys are. I was yeah. 23, 22, and goddamn, four years ago, by Jello only going to be 26. Mom's going to be 27. This is four years going by. And that'll be four years in the league. Man, you, you know how they'll play together, man? As veterans being in the NBA, all that. Time. Come on, man. Mike, go ahead and knock the boys out, man. Let's go run this thing up. I mean, you called it though. You you said you didn't care where it was, but right. them three gonna be together. And I love it that it's in a small market because I'm from the south. I love it that it's in that market. It's almost perfect. But when you got to deal with the doubters, the way I see it, it's like Curry because Curry is a superstar. But his brother quietly built his niche, and now he like everybody needs him. So when the Sixers got him, I was like, man, that's a steal. Because right. that boy played, he played his way into the league. Now, I mean, right. what forty-seven percent, Mike, from the three last year. Forty-seven percent, one of the greatest seasons in NBA history from that percentage. Right. He worked for it. He worked for it, and that's where I see Jello. You know what? 
all these guys work for it. It's just like I said, t- I tell anybody, man, to be successful, you got to have a passion to do something. And you got to have one person. If you get more, that's even better. You got to have one person believe in you. Mm-hmm. If one person believe in you and let you do what you do, whoo, the sky's the limit, man. And what I mean by that is I have to go back a little bit. You guys are young, but Pat Riley came out of the booth like you guys, narrating and stuff. Like he was in the booth. Talking about a game, he become one of the best coaches because because we run in Showtime. You know what he did? You know what makes it? You gotta go, Magic. Go ahead and do what you do. Let me slick my hair back, put on my face suits, and I'm good. But go on, do what you do. And that's how I show you how easy the coaching is. I'm gonna go with Phil. You know what he had the Zen. That's what they call it, the Zen, right? Where you just sit back and let him figure it out. Hey, that's what the narrative is. You ain't got to do nothing. You got Mike and Scotty Pippen. Just sit back and let them do what they gonna do. You yeah. act like you're coaching. It's okay. Yeah, you're right. So, so a lot of people get stuck on that coaching thing, man. But if they believe in these players and let them do what they do, oh boy, that their belief is something else. Why do you think Draymond Green and Clay and uh, Steph is good? That's because Mark Jackson was already the best shooters. And, and you know, I don't know what he did, but he said something wrong or whatever. And hey, you want to yeah. now these yeah, guys we- man, and steal your glory, so-called glory? But you're the one who installed that. Ain't nobody gonna play. Draymond Green at the four to five. Nobody. He's a, he's a G League player, man. Yeah, I never so thought he got to give him that confidence. Now look where he at. Yep. yep. Steph, Steph came in, ankle problems, can't shoot, little, this and that. Man, I got the best one and two guard in the game, best shooters ever. And they start yep. leading that and doing that. Now look what it turned into. And that I, like is I said, so true. That happens to be with anything, man. If they believe in you, they're going to let you go and do your thing. And, and that's what it's going to take. Otherwise, you could be the best player in the world, but if nobody don't believe in you and he's got you in the back, it's hard to be successful. Mikey, I don't want to cut you off. I hope you don't mind. I want to step in on this one. Yeah, go but, ahead. But um, this, this, one, this one touches to the heart, LeVar, because I played in 18 countries, and ever since I was a kid, I was always about my own. Right. My own. I want my own. I had a father that – created businesses from scratch. He was a mechanic and a race car driver. And one day he fixed six cars and said, I'm gonna start a cab company. You know how people are, we just we're making up stuff. So I always had that in my blood. So, you know, I used to always just wear my stuff or I sign my own shoes or I, hey, I want my own shirt. I don't want to wear your stuff. So when I watched you build uh, the Triple Bs and name it after your kids and market it and brand it and then make it a global thing, I want to know like, did you already see that part outside of the hoop? And now I want to also know where you want to go with it in the future because I'm a cartoon character. I'm wearing me. I ain't putting on nobody else stuff. We wearing me, you know, so I'm that kind of guy. So I want to know your, 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 your take on this situation. Well, my, my thing has been this, man, as much as, you know, sports is going around and, you know, watching all the superstars, I was like, man, I was thinking this even when I was young. I said, yo, all these folks, man, we're doing all this running and jumping and endorsing, and we don't own nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, we don't come in the league. Let me start y'all with some new stuff, the new air, man, the new breed. We don't come in with our own brand. That's why people be like, you know the odds of your boys doing this? I say, I ain't worried about no odds. You know the odds of coming in at this NBA with all this with your own brand? Nobody ever done that. So yeah. now folks are seeing that, and they ask me, where you want to go with this, LaVar? I'll tell you where I'm going, to be the biggest brand ever. 
And people like to chuckle and laugh at that stuff. And here it is three years and went by four years and we're still talking about big baller brand. So hey, whether I'm first or last, I'm still in the race. A lot yeah. of people don't do that. And here's what I'm not gonna do. Now that you come and give me five, seven hundred million and say, LeVar, thank you. And I'm supposed to a lot of a lot of people in our race that have something going like that, they sell that money up front thinking it's something. And it's really nothing. What they do is buy it to put it on the shelf, to get it out the way. They don't want this big ball of brand thing to work. But why? Because it's very dangerous where these young folks are starting on their own their self-worth and say, you know what, I want my own thing. I'll tell you somebody who opened up their eyes a little bit not too long ago, a few days. I seen something that I like, Curry. He didn't produce Under Armour. He was talking about, I got the Curry brand a little late, but I think you get it. And when some of these kids are saying, you know what? We can have our own. That's why Lonzo was the youngest to come in with a signature shoe. And then Jello, younger than him, not even in the league with a signature shoe. And Melo, the youngest ever in high school. So what I, that made people say, why Giannis and these other guys got to make the all-star game, be in the league for eight to 10 years, uh, make it to the playoffs before they get a signature shoe? Mm-hmm. And, and some of these players got that, that lid on their head you crying for an endorsement deal to make a shoe. You have so much money, you can make your own damn shoe. Yeah, Go do make it. Your own shoe. <laughs> forget about that. You know, but they, oh, I hope Nike signed me. I hope Dita signed me. I hope, man, forget all that hope. And ain't nothing but some rubber, some stitching, and some glue. Go make your own damn shoe and sell it in your own neighborhood. At least it's yours, your own. As, as the kids were growing up and they were, you know, playing in the, the outside hoop and whatnot, did you see something from one of them when they were like little kids and you were like, holy crap, this kid's got my body, my athleticism, your wife's very athletic. When did you know that they were really going to be the real deal? When they came out the womb. Like I said, man, I don't produce nothing but superstars, man. Shit, ball stars. That's what I call them, shoot. When they come out, man, they just, oh, Lord, that's the baddest boy on two feet. I'm trying to let you know. I'm to show you that I ain't no funk. I can't do it one time. I ain't no one here to quit her. I'll give it to you two, three more times. Let's and go. Al- and also, LeVar, I heard you talk about Michael Jordan's sons, that they were never anything, and that your kids were something because the talent was just oozing out of you. I want to hear you talk more about that. that. That's how, that show you how good I was, man. I ain't had to be notarized like that, man. But, boy, I could play this game. Any sports, man, I was good at it. That's why, but they never had to, you know, people say, oh, man, you're, you're, you're not like your dad. You're not as good as your dad. And they never had to put up with that. And I was the coldest athlete around. But see, when you put that on Jordan's kids or anybody that's superstars, man, you're going to put that on their kids. They expect Shaq kids to be as strong as him. They expect LeBron kids to be, oh, you got to be like your dad. You don't have the same mentality. You try, but if you got all the money in the world and you're coming out of nice areas, I don't think you had the same mindset as 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 your dad had as LeBron to you know mm-hmm. to do that. I'm not saying that they don't have that. I mean you could get it, but it's very hard for superstar athletes. Like look at Kobe's dad. He wasn't all that. He didn't have nothing to really stick up to, but now he's balling out of control. I don't know nobody who was balling out of control and their sons come out from Pat Ewing to anybody. They mm-hmm. son, Wayne's son, anybody that's superstar, they kids. I mean, sometimes yeah. you don't know where that fine line is where you say, I want to live up to this expectation. Or you, as a father, as you finish your career, you'd be like, well, I don't want to put too much pressure on him. But no, you kind of need to kind of force feed that. 
but it's, it's kind of hard for these, these youngsters nowadays. My boys are so good on the fact that from, from day one, and I'm going to you guys, give you guys a scenario so you can kind of understand it. From day one, I'm training my boys to be competitive and be strong, and I'll put this time in training them. Okay. I didn't have a 15-year career in basketball or football to say, yo, now my kid's 12 years old. Let me start training you. Oh, he's eight years old. Let me start training you. What, what happened to the first eight years? <laughs> Can't just jump in now. You let eight years go by. Now you don't have nothing else to do. And he's looking at it like, oh, I'm trying to make my kid good. As opposed yeah. to me going all the way from day one, ah, all the way through. These fools, yeah. was, like I said, they was potty trained by 10 months. They was walking at eight months. So I'm doing a lot of special stuff with my boys. They can catch over the shoulder at a year and a half. Because mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time with them. Because yeah. I know even, these things. Even yeah. dunking at age three, right? Hey, <laughs> dunking at age three on a little court. And what was I hyping you up? Cock it behind your head, son. Knock them down. Boom, boom. So they having fun just entertaining me. Because, yeah. hey, at the end of the day, what is this basketball, man? Ain't nothing but entertainment. That's yeah. all it is. And that's where people get stuck. Oh, LeVar's taking all the shine from his son. Well, if you like comedy and some crazy stuff, look at me. But if you like the game, look at my son. I'm not telling you who to look at. Yeah. But I'm not like, oh, I'm bigger than my son. I'm better than my son. Yeah, I'm going to look at who you want to look at. It's okay. But like I said, at the end of the day, hey, go catch a good game. That's all it is, is entertainment. Well said. Yeah. Well said. And LeVar, it is now time. We got something for you that you're going to really like. Welcome okay. to our segment. Truth for Truth, where we put you on the spot about topics from, you know, your life, your kids' careers, and more. Okay. Lamar, do you solemnly swear that you will tell the truth and nothing but the truth in this segment? Most definitely. I always tell the truth. I don't just say it in the segment. I say it all the time, as you can tell. You can't handle the truth. Okay, so I'm going to start, start, start it off because we already know where I stand. You got three boys. Who's the best? Not NBA, not nothing. Pound for pound, if they win at it, who's the best ball? You talking about one-on-one? Period. Uh, hey, if it's, if it's one-on-one, Jello, they can't stop yeah. it. He's too strong. Right. Okay, now five-on-five? Five? Uh, Lonzo, he's the oldest. Right. So he, he got that mind game. He can, he can say some stuff to Melo that make him go crazy. He's still a little brother. Uh, good answer, good answer. Okay, okay. Number two, my prediction. All three boys are going to be in Charlotte together at some point. Yes. You're truthful on that. I, I see it's lined up for that. It's lined up for it. Yeah. And third. Right, get one. LeVar, you're going to love this one. Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones brought in $80 million in pay-per-view sales. LeVar Ball versus Michael Jordan in a one-on-one. Who wins and how much money would that generate? Two hundred million, I win easy. <laughs> and how? How would you win easy? He's fifty-seven. Have you ever seen somebody fifty-seven? Don't push him just a little bit. And then, then come see big heavy-duty big ball. I'm still two eighty. Mike it ain't two eighty. I guarantee you, you probably got a little belly on him. And like I said, when you smoke cigars, I think I got enough wind to tear you up if I keep drinking milk and I don't smoke. It just is what it is. I got one for you, though. Now, we just watched the boxing match because I love Mike and I love Roy, both of those great boxers. But we had the undercard. We had the undercard. Well, Mighty Mouse got knocked out. Now, we saw that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I told everybody I want to see LeVar and Shannon. 
I think that was LeVar and Shannon, Shay Shay. Oh, you know Club, Club Shay Shay. I yes. feel like I feel like LeVar versus Shay Shay would sell more than Floyd versus the other kid. I feel like that would be the number one draw. Shay Shay versus LeVar in a celebrity match, eight rounds. It would sell yes. more than any matchup you can put together in the world. Can 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 we set that up? You think Club Shay Shay will come in there and give us that? Can you set that up? Hell no. <laughs> hey, I only, I only fight for extreme measures. I'm not stupid enough. I make enough money. I, I see people do that for the money. They say, man, I got to make some money. I, I can go in there and fight for a little bit. Hey, I'll tell you what. If I'm, I'm in a string situation and me and Shay Shay, I will tear his ass up. But to go in there with some gloves just for some money, some people say he got a lucky punch here or something. I'm too old for that, man. Yeah. <laughs> don't get it twisted. Don't think I can't put these on somebody now. I still know how to put them up now. On extreme measures. Extreme measures. But like I told you before, I try to stay away from fighting, man, because I ain't trying to hurt nobody. I'm trying to kill them. If I'm going to fight you, I'm trying to kill you. Trust and believe that. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. LeVar Ball is a lover and not a fighter. <laughs> and I, that now. I love to fight when it's real. Only if I extreme measures, like I said. Other stuff that's kind of stupid to fight on, no. But you trying to hurt one of my boys or my one or family? Hey, be ready to die because I've been here long enough. Fair enough. And how about that Nate Robinson fight, LeVar? What are your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts is somebody should have got behind him and said, Nate, don't do that. Because whatever they paid you, it wasn't enough because it messed up, it tarnished what you can do now. You was known as a, a underdog that won dunk contest, athletic. I mean... Which you, you did house guests with me. You was good. You can't get house guests no more, man. Cause first thing on people know you for getting knocked out by a YouTuber now. That's not yeah. how you want to do it. I mean, you yeah. should have thought about that say it's it's more hurt if I lose. Nobody said, Well, what happened if you lose? What happened if you win? If the odds are better for you to win or you or you are down your luck and you need some money, go ahead and do that. Win or lose, you say you got paid, I'm out of the situation I was in. But you gotta understand what goes with that if you lose. Now look, you got kids too. That's young and still in school. You, can, I don't know if you can roll yeah. through like you used to. All on, on this right here, man. And he, nobody got in his ear. Now he came to me. I would talk to him different. I was like, man, you, you got you can endorse all kind of stuff now. And he had he got his little clothing line. I'm trying to say, uh, I want to say, say hold that, hold, hold that. that, yep. Hold. Okay, how do you promote that now? Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. You want to think about how you promote? That? I ain't wearing that. You got knocked out in that, dog. No, I'm not wearing that. You, you can't promote no more because you, well, you wasn't thinking. It was, it was a wrong move. I hope he can survive off of this, but, but it, was a, it was a wrong move. And I don't think nobody got in his head and said the right things to him. Because you're a boxer, man. Boxing and fighting is two different things, man. Two Kenny different things. And you look like an athlete, like a killer. Yeah, I've seen a lot of folks get knocked out. You know, we put your hands up, bag up. Boxing is it's hard, man. You can't just go in there and say, well, I look hard. I'm, I'm in great condition. Hey, 23? The other dude was 23. He wild as hell. 36, understand your age. <laughs> 23, you fight with anything. <laughs> you know, like, I'll fight the monster, man. But And he was a bigger body. It wasn't like he was a little. Yeah. Wasn't like he was like Mike. That'd be yeah. different. Mike, little Sid, look at that. See, Mike. <laughs> let, let him see it, Mike. <laughs> I, I'm a boxer, it, LeVar. I'm a boxer. Don't worry. Don't worry. Dude. All right, so look, look, let's get one more question in because I want LeVar to tell the story at the end. All right, so look. This is my personal opinion. Me and Mike spoke on this. 
I love the Kobe Bryant and Gigi relationship, rest their soul. And I felt like they were the future of women's basketball. You had three boys with your wife. And as great and athletic as y'all were genetically, if you had a daughter, <laughs> what would be her name and would she be in the WNBA? If I had a daughter, her name would be my name and Tina's name. Love Tina? You got it, God dang it. <laughs> my Tina. <laughs> yes, indeed. Live Tina Ball. It's, it's, it's part of being, a, being in the uh, WNBA. I don't, I don't know about that. She might, you know. She would she be a very good athlete. I don't know what role she would go on that, but she'd be a very good athlete. Yeah, no, I respect that. I respect that. Hey, man, I, I, I really appreciate you, man. I really appreciate you, man. And um, Thank you guys, man. I, 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 I spoke to your guy, Carlos, man. He's a, he's a good dude. Uh, we're friends with uh, my people because I live in Europe now. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I live over here, and we were talking about doing some events and also supporting what you do because oh, my I'll company. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Coming on that side, like I said, man, we're not local, we global. Yeah, that's what I've always said. My company, ten years strong. I've been doing it globally, man. So yeah, I, I, I know, I know what you're doing, man, and I respect you, and we gonna make it happen. I just appreciate you being here, and I know Mikey is is big. This is lovely, man. Mikey, love you, man. Mikey, I'm a, love yeah, I'm you. a big fan, Lavar. Very big fan of you, all the kids and everything. Because I'm just about their age, yeah. so I'm growing up in their area. Thank you guys very much. I hope everybody enjoyed episode two of the Truth Podcast. Thank you, LeVar Ball, for coming on to the show. But now, it's tune time. Story time with the juice. And today, I have a great tale for you. You will never guess juice gets itself into... JB, stop. Don't nobody want to hear your story. Now, let the big baller give you one of these stories right here, man. I'll tell you what. This is one of the funniest stories ever, man. We're in a basketball tournament. Me and my family, we coming up in there strong. And uh, the team was an eighth grade team, and we got dang, we only in the, Lonzo's in the third grade, uh, Jello's in the second grade, Mills kindergarten. And we come in there with our jerseys, and the jerseys say big ballers. And all the fans is in the stands saying, who the big ballers? And they laughing at my boys. How in the hell they going to be big ballers? They got these little baby kids out there. So a guy looks at me. I say, I tell you what, at halftime, trust and believe, they'll be the same size as my boys. It was like, what, what the hell are you talking about? Halftime, we got their ass 40 to 20-something because we running that hell out of them. They big, but they ain't in shape. But they all leaning and holding their shorts and leaning over their tie, looking at their mama and daddy. Hey, I looked at that guy and said, look at the size of them. My boy standing up straight with their hands on their hips, not tired or nothing because we used to running them heels. Told the ass up. At the end of the game, hey, guess what? We put up 70-something points. All they can do was get to 40. And when we came out of there, guess what? They knew what our name was. They were saying it sarcastically before. The big ballers. <laughs> Look how little they are. When we finished whooping their ass, they wanted to know names and they wanted to know everything. And I said, guess what? The last name is Ball. And you figure how big we are. Holler at your boy. All of the views and opinions expressed here on the Truth Podcast are those of myself, Jermaine's, and our guests, 
Stay tuned for more episodes coming soon and check us out here on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, and on ESPNCLT.com. Follow us also on social media, The Truth Podcast on Facebook and at Truth Podcast ESPN on Instagram. To follow myself and Jermaine, just look right up above our faces. All right, thanks for watching another great episode of The Truth Podcast.